BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food. Arts and entertainment. Weekly concert listings. Weekly event listings. The environment. Travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader. Free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. Ben, are you there? Yes, I am here. I am here. All right. So far, so good. We have a host. Check. (laughs) And a producer. Double check. Double check. All right. Uh, We have a live stream chat room going on. Triple check. Uh, You do have a song of the day. Oh, my God. Quadruple check. All right. Let's stop doing the check thing. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Wednesday, December 23rd. It's just moments away. But before we do this, we need to thank the Chicago Reader for being a sponsor and for, well, being a home to the Ben Jarofsky Show. Uh, ChicagoReader.com. Subscribe to the Reader. Fantastic publication. Great articles from Ben Jarofsky, Maya Dukmasova, and so much more. Uh, ChicagoReader.com. Subscribe. And also, today's Ben Jarofsky Show is brought to you by the Chicago Federation of Labor. How you feeling? Do you have the holiday uh, spirit, Ben? Are you feeling it? Are you feeling yes. the holiday cheer? Really? I can't wait. Uh, so we have tomorrow off. Uh, the doctor and I will not be in the house. Like that, D? Uh, but good. we have plenty of shows that will drop. Ba-ding! That's the sound of the dropping. Uh, but I hope I got this fire pit. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to be drinking liquor and sitting around the fire pit and going, yeah, jing, 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 jingle bells. So, yeah, I got them. How about you? You got the the spirit of the holidays, Christmas, New Year's and all that? Yes. Yes, I do. I'm feeling the holiday spirit. You know, you got that glow, D. Oh, my. Yeah, you just you're emanating a glow, a holiday glow. It's just coming out of your ears. Well, I have I have headphones on. You can't see my ears, but well, they're seeping out like steam. Oh, okay, All right. Cool. (laughs) All right. Your song of the day comes from Frank. It's by Elton John and it's Saturday night. All right. Oh, I love that song. 1973 was the year young Dennis wasn't even born yet. I don't think Frank was born. Saturday night, so right, all right. Get a little action, and I'm going to play piano. Dee, 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 dee. Great piano. Sounds a little like your guitar, <laughs> but, you know, whatever. <laughs> that, that, of course, will not make the podcast. It'll be edited out. Mm-hmm. Edit that part out, D. Okay? Yeah. False. The Ben Jarofsky Show <laughs> starts now. It is Wednesday, December 23rd, and live from my apartment and his attic, this is The Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, legendary Chicago journalist Monroe Anderson. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. 
Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Karl Marx Trump Wednesday, and here's why. It turns out President Donnie's a lefty. Who knew? Next thing you know, he'll be subscribing to the Ben Jarofsky Show, listening on the live feed, ripping into Nancy Pelosi for selling out our democratic values, just like the rest of the crew. By the way, speaking of radicals who come on the Ben Jarofsky Show, Attorney Leonard Goodman will be uh, returning after the New Year's. Yeah, I cut the deal with him earlier today, D. Radical lawyer, perhaps the only writer in town who's a bigger lefty than I am. Anyway, back to Trump. He's threatening to veto the stimulus bill that his own administration, or at least Steve Mnuchin, spent the last few weeks torturously negotiating with House Dems and Mitch Republicans in the Senate. He says it's not lefty enough. Well, that's not an exact quote, but more or less what he's saying. He says the legislation is a, quote, disgrace. He says it sells out the workers who've been hit the hardest by the economic turndown. Mm. Says the one-time $600 allowance should be raised to $2,000, to which I say right on President Donnie. I'm not a doctor. It's never too late to find your free flag. You may not be a doctor, but you sound like a lefty. Says he may not sign the bill. Wants it uh, renegotiated. Democrats everywhere are rejoicing, at least Democrats of the lefty persuasion. It's like he's stealing our talking points. Remember, it was Bernie Sanders who was pushing hardest for the $2,000 allowance. And it was Senate Republicans who blocked it. The Senate Republicans, if you recall, said it was too much money to give people. Said it would deter them from working. Like they ever opposed any handout to anyone on the 1% on the grounds that it would deter their working spirit and that all they would do is sit around the house eating reefer brownies and watching reruns of the Patty Duke show. (laughs) (laughs) Hot dog makes her lose control, Dennis. Uh, Wow. uh, I'm speechless. I (laughs) I don't know where the Patty Duke thing came from, but it came from somewhere inside my brain. Isn't it funny, ladies and gentlemen, that Republicans worry so much about the work habits of poor people when they get assistance, but they don't worry about the work habits of rich people. The same bill has a handout to lots of rich people, and I will now read from the New York Times. Here we go. Oh, he just opened up the page. Are you unwrapping a Christmas present? <laughs> it's my newspaper, Home Delivered. I'm holding up the newspaper industry. Buried in pandemic aid, billions to sue the richest. That's the headline. Tucked away in a 5,593-page 5, spending bill that Congress rushed through on Monday night is provision that some tax experts call a $200 billion, that's a billion with a B, giveaway to the rich. It involves the tens of thousands of businesses that receive loans from the federal government this spring with the promise that the loans would be forgiven tax-free if they agreed to keep the employees on the payroll through the, the pandemic. But for some businesses and their high-paid accountants, as it was not enough, they went to Congress with another request. Not only should the forgiven loans not be taxed as income, but the expenditures used with those loans on payroll or benefits should be tax deductible. Oh my God. Yes, that's billion with a B. Sorry, he's a little so late they, on that. So they're feeding, that's okay. They're feeding from both ends. They get the money, they don't have to pay it back, and then what? whatever they spend on the workers, they get to deduct from the amount they pay to the government. It's like a twofer handout. And it's funny, I don't hear Mitch McConnell or Ron Johnson or any of those other uh, Republican scolds talking about how that might have a deterrence on the work habits of the wealthiest. 
They're not worried about them just sitting at home, you know, clipping coupons. Let's face it, folks. It was a bogus argument from the get-go. You all know that. People can't be deterred from working if there are no jobs to work. And when the pandemic forces things like, I don't know, the restaurant industry to shut down or the nightclub industry or newspaper industry, what the hell are people supposed to do? Become Republican senators? It's like they figured out the precise number that it would take. I stole this line from someone on the Facebook, I must admit. When they when they decided on the $600, they figured out the exact allowance they had to come up with, the cheapest amount they could come up with to keep people from rioting in the street in desperation. And now here comes Karl Marx Trump saying, the hell with that. $600 is not enough. Nancy Pelosi immediately calls us bluffs. Yes, up the allowance, she declares. We'll pass it by voice vote. Meanwhile, radio silence for Mitch McConnell. He's under the gun. Can he keep his Republican senators in line? That's tough. As I always say, MAGA controls the Republican Party, and Trump controls MAGA. And if Trump is telling them they've got to give more money to poor people, as hard as that is for Mitch McConnell to take, well, they may have to go along because they could all be challenged in the next primary as not being MAGA enough. It's so bizarre. I always thought that Trump had the potential to be a real agent of change because he's got this ultimate, I just don't give a beep attitude. It's like for years and years and years, way back in the day before uh, half of you listeners were even born, Richard Nixon demonized any Democrat who talked about making peace with China. And then what did Nixon do? He made peace with China. The Republicans fell right in, and the Democrats are like, oh, wait a minute. Can you take back all the mean, nasty things you said about us when we wanted to do that? The same thing with Trump. If he wanted to, he could legalize not just reefer, but all drugs. What's the fraternal order police going to do? Object? You imagine Johnny Cannizzaro here in Chicago is going to complain about his hero, Donald Trump? He could have raised the minimum wage. He could have delivered Andrew Yang-style benefits to every citizen in America. He could have eradicated poverty by cutting the defense budget. MAGA would be cheering him along, and McConnell would have to go along with it. But Donald Trump was too chicken for real change. But here he is at the end, taking a page from Bernie Sanders and asking for Congress to raise the stimulus to $2,000. I love it. McConnell is so mad. Typical Trump. He didn't do anything to help during these long, torturous negotiations. He was out playing golf or fuming about the election, the big crybaby that he is. By the way, the veto threat came the same day that Trump pardoned two more figures from the Mueller report in the Russian inquiry and pardoned three crooked Republican congressmen and four mercenaries convict convicted in connection with killing Iraqi citizens. My guess is he'll probably back off on his threat to veto the stimulus. It's probably just pitching a hissy fit. Saw something on the Jimmy Dore show. I sometimes think that Donald Trump every now and then watches the Jimmy Dore show. Or maybe he has somebody else watch it and feeds him information on what the left is saying about how angry they are at centrist Dems for betraying them. Anyway, he saw something and he said, yeah, hey, I'll find my inner leftist just for a moment. And then he'll drop it. And he'll back off. That's my guess. But the pardons, they'll stand, of course. Typical Donnie talks a big game, but when it comes time to using his immense power and the cult-like devotion of MAGA for good, he's nowhere to be found. 
We got a great show today, everybody. Monroe Anderson will be here. Who? 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 Yeah, buddy. Thing or two to say about young Donnie Trump. Oh yeah. He says there's a method to Donald's madness. Oh yeah. Get out the reefer. Wonder what that. See what uh, Monroe Anderson has to say. But before we do that, before we uh, take that deep dive in all the intricate political talk, the young man from all. True. I'm from all. The man that MAGA proudly calls Dr. D with the news. That part's false. How's it going, everybody? I'm Dennis. Shout out to Kyle on the live stream chat. He says there are 330 million Americans and 511 million credit cards among them. Guess where that $600 is going to? (laughs) You got it so right. But maybe it'd be 2,000. Probably not enough to uh, eradicate all that credit card debt. By the way, D, remind me I got to pay a credit card bill after okay, the show. Thank you me. take care of that on your own. Okay. So. Uh, he said he heard that uh, from a feller named Dwight, who's the co-host of the Eat the Rich podcast. <laughs> Damn it! I wish we would have said it first. Yeah, man. Damn. 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 When did we come up with that name, huh? Hey, don't forget, pay your credit cards. Before we find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this week, for the second and sadly final time, uh, we need to run through our holiday schedule. All right, one more time. No show tomorrow, Christmas Eve, and no show on Christmas Day. But we will have brand new content for all of you to download by 5 a.m. on both days at chicagoreader.com or wherever else you download podcasts. And we will have our weekend Benny J bonus interviews per usual. So let's uh, lay out what we have planned here. First up, tomorrow, Thursday, daughter of Ben Jarofsky and comedian Rachel Jarofsky and Cody Wilkins will return to the program. Ben, what are we going to talk about there? I have no idea. We'll be riffing later on today. (laughs) That interview hasn't been done yet. But, you know, that's really all improv. We get two comics on. So they'll be cracking jokes and making fun of me, and it should be pretty fun. Uh, You know, they're – they can talk a lot about unemployment benefits to out of work of comedians in this economy. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that interview has not happened yet. Uh, oh God. So who knows where it'll go? All right. Find out where it went. Cause it'll be available tomorrow at chicagoreader.com or wherever else you download podcasts by 5. AM daughter of Ben Jarofsky, Rachel Jarofsky and Cody Wilkins on Friday. Our Ben Jarofsky Show Top 10 End of the Year Countdown begins. And because 2020 was probably the shittiest year we've all lived through. (laughs) And also because in the year 2020, we attached the word gate to damn near every local story that we talked about. We're calling this year's countdown special the 10 Gates of Illinois Hell. (laughs) The 10 Gates of Illinois Hell. Oh, man. (laughs) It's going to be heavy. Popcorn Gate, Madigan Gate, and more. The 10 Gates of Illinois Hell. We're going to make this two separate shows. First, available on Friday. Uh, We do stories 10 through 6. And we're going to be recording this around 5 o'clock this evening, by the way. Uh, We've decided to live stream this on YouTube as well. We encourage all of you on the live stream chat right now to jump back on and hang with us at about 5 o'clock for our part one 
of our end of the year countdown. And, you know, for those of you who are still on the fence about listening to this, uh, I don't know, maybe hearing the intro one more time will convince you. Uh, (laughs) We're going with a creepy hell on earth apocalypse theme this year. It's the 10 Gates of Illinois Hell, a Ben Jarofsky show countdown special. (laughs) The 10 Gates of Illinois Hell. Oh my god. Whoa, I'm scared. Holy cow. And yes, that will be on Christmas Day. Uh that'll be fun, right? <laughs> It'll be a lot of fun. Evil. We did that last year. D, we've been doing this for a while. Just think about that for a moment. We had a Christmas show last year. Yeah, but was it like apocalyptic? No. No. I mean, well, come on, we've gotten far more sophisticated. And as you know, our staff has grown. Back then, it was just you. Now we have the whole sound crew team with Vilma. All folks. You know, and uh, so, you know, uh, so we get a lot of people working, get all that creative energy going. They come up with great stuff like that. Uh, actually, Dennis and I, we had a pre-show planning meeting today. And we listed, we were total agreement uh, on the 10, what is it? Hellish, most hellish gates of the year. And uh, pretty good stuff, D. I'm, if I must say so myself, pretty, pretty, pretty bad stuff, stuff, but pretty good stuff. I know what you're saying. Yes. I know what you're yes. saying. Yes. Uh, so once again, the Tin Gates of Illinois Hell are top 10 local stories countdown. That'll be available on Friday. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Sounds so evil. Uh, that'll be available on Friday. And like I said, we're going to live stream that as well at about five o'clock today. Join us, won't you? On to Saturday. She's back. It's our favorite Chicago political strategist, Del Marie Cobb. She talked Biden and more. Anything else you'd like uh, people yeah, to know? Yeah, we talked uh, Del Marie. Uh, we did that. We've already. I already did that interview, so it's ready to go. A lot of talk about uh, the black vote in uh, 2020 and the Democrats' obligation uh, to black uh, citizens and the pressures that puts the Democratic Party in. Uh, And some Lori Lightfoot discussion as well. And I want to give too much away. But, uh, you know, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, wow. Wow. A lot to talk about with her these days uh, and the Anjanette Young uh, situation. So um, Delmarie Cobb, she never holds anything back. She's not afraid to tell it like it is. And uh, she does just that in the interview. DMC. DMC. All right. That'll be Saturday, 5 a.m. On to Sunday. Sunday, we will be playing a best of show. Uh, We're going to move our Dan Savage interview back to the front of the line for everybody to see in case you missed the interview. Uh, But if you've listened to it, uh, check out our archive of uh, our archive of episodes, over 800 episodes to listen to of the Ben Jarofsky show. So if there's a show you may have missed, catch up on it. And uh, we'll be back on Tuesday. But finally, on Monday, a brand new interview with ProPublica journalist and dear friend of the show, Mr. Mick Dumkey. That's going to be available for download. He talked to the Anjanette uh, Anjanet Young video and more. Yeah, we um, we first we were talking, Mick and I said, let's just do, go over the stories of the year. But we just started talking Anjanette Young, the Anjanette Young case and uh, Lori Lightfoot's handling of it and comparing Lori Lightfoot to Rahm Emanuel and uh, just 
get taking that deep dive in how much of the truth is being told so far and how is this being spun? Now, Mick Dumpke knows a thing or two about uh, politics in Illinois and Chicago. He's been covering them for a long time. And uh, as everybody knows, he used to be um, my uh, partner in crime at the hideout. Uh, he retired from the hideout shows. So it's always fun to get back together with Mick. Uh, Mick generally is the more centrist of the two of us. But I don't know, D, as, as the years go on, it's getting more and more lefty-like. Uh, so it's interesting, you know, uh, McDumpkey becoming a lefty uh, and uh, finding his inner lefty. Yeah, I did notice <laughs> so, he said 10% like 50 times. So, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe he's doing a little Bernie thing. I don't know. He's going Bernie on us. Uh, but, uh, man, I'll tell you what, we took apart <laughs> Lori Lightfoot. Oh, God. What a way to end the year. Just just like a mirror image of the Laquan McDonald situation, only a different person uh, as mayor. So uh, Mick and I take the deep dive on that. Check out our holiday content, everybody. ChicagoReader.com and wherever else you download your podcast. We'll be back on Tuesday, regular show. And then we'll talk about our New Year's lineup when we yes. cross that bridge. All right, local news. Let's talk about it. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. When I was a kid, I loved the Batman TV show. Oh, okay. Very interesting. <laughs> oh, I did not know that. I mean, it was wow. a good show. <laughs> yeah. It was a good show. I, I can understand that, you know. Not sure how it's relevant to anything, but uh, I can understand that, uh, Mayor Lightfoot. No public events scheduled for Mayor Lightfoot this afternoon. <laughs> ben Jarofsky, what do you think Mayor Lightfoot wants for Christmas? <laughs> uh, redo. A time capsule. Go back in time. And have actually, you know, have a more credible position on the Anjanette Young video that showed police breaking down the door to her house and harassing her. The wrong house. Oops. That kept the raid going for like a half an hour. And then the city of Chicago battled her in court. You know, maybe do a redo so she can look like she actually believes all the things she's saying at the moment. I think that's what you go back in a time machine. Go back in time. If I could turn back the hands of time, that's what she wants. Great song uh, from the 70s. One of Dennis's favorite songs from the 70s. That was true. I love that song. <laughs> Isley so Brothers, what, love it. Good stuff. You know, okay, well, let's just let it go there. Uh, the Isley Brothers, it's by a guy named Tyrone Davis from oh. the city of Chicago. Mm, love that song, though. Yeah. Turn back the head. Want me to sing a little bit? No. Okay. I don't either. <laughs> I don't want to destroy a great song. <laughs> well, now you got to. If I could turn back to him. Now, wait. Now, I'm going to pretend Ernie Isley was in the background. <laughs> there is no great guitar in Turn Back the Hands of Time. If I could turn back the hands of time. It's more of a drum thing. Yeah, it is. It is. You're right. You're totally right. <laughs> so you say uh, a redo for Christmas. That's what yes. uh, life wants. She wants right. to turn back the hands of time and go back to a moment in time which she could claim with you know some credibility that she actually cared about what happened to Anjanette Young. Yeah, as opposed to <laughs> rewriting history. 
Right. She zips along her merry way. I was going to say something like kitchenette set, but yeah, sure. A redo is cool. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I like that. That's good. Uh, after the release of the botch police raid video involving one Anjanette Young being handcuffed naked in her own apartment while doing nothing wrong at all. And after the mayor was caught lying about it, Mayor Lori Lightfoot uh, has been on Operation Win Back the Public's Trust. <laughs> and she's been cleaning up the mess that she left behind. Yeah. On Monday, Chicago's top lawyer, Mark Flesner, resigned over the Anjanette Young raid. Uh, Celia Mazup, the mayor's counsel and senior ethics advisor, will replace Flesner on an interim basis. Lightfoot mm-hmm. then announced that the Chicago police officers who were involved in the botched 2019 raid on Anjanette Young's home have all been assigned to desk duty. No, not <laughs> desk duty. Not sitting at your desk all day, making probably the same amount of money. No. Well, the cleanup continues. Shout out to Illinois Politico and Shia Kapos here. Uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot tapped former federal judge Ann Claire Williams on to lead an outside investigation into how the raid on Anjanette Young's home was handled. And that now brings us to the mayor's city council. But Ben, before we go there, what do you think about Ann Claire Williams here uh, taking the lead? Well, how the raid was handled. Let's just start there. It was handled abysmally. Everybody knows that now. So it's really not the raid itself that's in question. I mean, we all know. The video showed that the police realized at the end of the raid, oops, they had the wrong house. And the raid itself showed that from the very moment the police busted their way into that uh, into that home, that there was something wrong. Like they were confronted not by like a bad guy with the, I don't know who they expected to find. You know what I'm saying? It's like you, you just alluded to the Batman. So it wasn't like Jack Nicholson as the Joker was in the apartment with a bunch of machine guns. It was a woman who was naked and clearly it should have been obvious. Like within the first, I don't know, 30 seconds. Oops, they made a mistake, but no, they kept it going. They put her in handcuffs. They searched the room like Jack Nicholson's character was hiding under the bed. You know what I'm saying? And then after they even dawned on them that they made a mistake, they louder put a shirt on, they took off the handcuffs, and then they put them back on again. So, yeah, there's no doubt the raid was handled abysmally. So I don't know what investigation needs to be done there. Now, the investigation as to what happened with the raid and the uh, and the impact it had on Anjanette uh uh, Young's life is part of the lawsuit. That's why Anjanette Young sued the city in the first place to get the city uh, to admit that it had made a mistake or at least pay a price uh, for having made a mistake. That is supposed to be stuff that would emerge from lawsuit. A lawsuit that I might add, Lori Lightfoot's administration was battling tooth and nail from start to finish. So if they really wanted to investigate how the city handled the raid, They could have done so in the lawsuit instead of fighting the lawsuit. So now they're kind of like having a parallel investigation. Uh, So the real issue, I think that the most compelling issue is what is the mayor's attitude towards such kinds of litigation? Uh, Is she going to feel like her inner corporate lawyer and battle vociferously anybody who dares to sue the city of Chicago 
on the grounds that I want to protect the taxpayers. I want to protect the payout. If that's okay, she should come out and say, we don't need Judge Ann Williams to do an investigation on that front. She should say that. She should say, guys, I was fighting hard to protect your pocketbook. That's what I was doing. And I stand by what I did. Instead of pretending like she opposed what she did. So now she's going to have her own personal investigator investigate what she did. That, huh? (laughs) You know what you did? Why do you need an investigator to say what you did? You know? I mean, she knows whether she was aware of the video's existence. Remember her press statement on Tuesday, a week ago. Today, I became aware of the incident involving Ms. Anjanette Young, and I saw the video today for the first time. I had no knowledge of either until today. I had a very emotional reaction to what was depicted on the video, as I imagine that many people did. End of quote. Well, now it turns out that somebody told you about it. You weren't curious to look deeper into it after someone told you about it? You just forgot it? Somebody told you that there was a video involving a police raid in which a woman uh, is essentially held captive by, what was it, a dozen men or Chicago police officers. It may have been a woman and police officer in the crew. While she pleaded with them uh, to leave her house, that they had made a mistake, you were aware, but that somehow didn't make an impact on you in, then in November, but it did now? I mean, you could say that. You don't need Ann Williams to investigate that. So this seems, it just has... D, the sense of like a public relations maneuver. The mayor's really concerned to get to the bottom of things. Well, you're getting at the bottoms of things that you know already. You don't need to hire a federal investigator. We have a special investigation of the Ben Jarofsky show to determine what Ben was thinking when he woke up this morning. And this federal investigator will be completely free to ask Ben any question that she wants to ask him. Why do I need an investigator to ask me questions about things I already know? And by the way, it's not the only investigator. We have an inspector general. And I always make fun of the city of Chicago. It's it's a feast or famine when it comes to investigations, D. It's like some things never. I still would like an investigation of what Mayor Daly was up to with the parking meter deal. It's only 10 years old, 11 years old. We're still paying for it. We've never had a credible investigation of that. Overwhelming vote in the Chicago City Council without people even reading the bill. Give Scotty Waggis back credit. He stood up and said it's a ripoff. We're still paying for it. We'll be paying for it for years. Never investigation of that. It's like, ever notice like the stuff you really want an investigation for? You never get an investigation? I still want an investigation for Popcorn Gate which we'll be discussing uh, when we do the gates of hell. You know, like who knew what and when about the police officers in Bobby Rush's congressional office. But there was an investigation of Eddie Johnson by the inspector general. Mayor Lori Lightfoot's office didn't want us to see that. I'd like to see that investigation. Now we're going to have like tons of investigations of the Anjanette Young case. And my feeling is that the Lori Life, I hope I'm wrong, by the way, about this, what I'm about to say, but the Lori Lightfoot investigation is not going to be the investigation with the good stuff, if there is any good stuff. So you would need another investigation, like the Inspector General's investigation, which is an independent body 
in the city of Chicago. I'd love to see that investigation. We'll see if Lori Lightfoot will release that investigation. You know, we'll see what the inspector general determines as opposed to what uh, Ann Williams uh, determines. So, D, it's like feast or famine. We have a ton of it. Oh, and then there's the city council. It's the legislative body is supposed to be a check and a balance on the executive body. So they could do their own investigation. So now uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot's going to do her own investigation, D, of what she already knows. Oh, I'm going to have this federal judge, this former federal judge, investigate me. Okay, sounds good. You know, D, it's all about Chicagoans. Just just sort of Chicagoans are going to get tired of the story and give up and go back to their, you know, uh, ketchup-less hot dogs. And they'll be happy if their garbage gets collected. Go ahead, Steve. Well, I actually did an investigation on myself. uh, And uh, I'll share my results with you. I'm awesome. (laughs) Sounds good to me. I have no reason to doubt anything in your investigation of yourself, D. And I did an investigation and I discovered that no one calls you Dr. D except for me. Oh, my goodness. Finally. (laughs) Uh, can we edit that last part out? Just edit it Absolutely. Out. All right. So now to the mayor's city council. We talked about this on Friday. A handful of Chicago aldermen and women called for an emergency meeting with the mayor and top brass about the release and delay and the lying about the Anjanette Young video. The meeting went down. We have the details. And someone was missing from the meeting. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. But people, right before the holiday, it's time for another episode of everyone's favorite Chicago political soap opera. Yes, it is time for A Mayor and Her Alderman. (laughs) A Mayor and Her Alderman. If you want to talk about a separate issue, there will be a time and a place for that. But you are out of order, sir. Uh, Oh, that was just a week ago. (laughs) She was... Mad at Byron Cisho Lopez because guess what? He had a question about Anjanette Young. She wasn't taking any questions now. Now she's going to launch an investigation. I guess it's not out of order anymore. Okay. <laughs> oh, Lord, what a city. Shout out to WBEZ and Claudia Morell for giving us the details here. Several Chicago aldermen said Tuesday that the systems of accountability created in the wake of the Laquan McDonald murder failed Anjanette Young in 2019 when police entered her home and handcuffed her. Uh, You know the whole story of what went down. Uh, That was the main takeaway from some aldermen who took part in a day-long hearing questioning Chicago Police Superintendent David Brown, civilian, civilian office of Police Accountability Chief Administrator Sidney Roberts and others tasked with investigating police misconduct. And as we mentioned, not at this meeting, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Ben, is that a big deal? She should have been been there, right? Absolutely. She said she wants to get the bottom of things. Look, there's some parallels to Madigan Gate here. You know, Lori Lightfoot like Michael Madigan, doesn't want to give the legislative uh, body any credibility in terms of 
its power to investigate her. Michael Madigan didn't want to give that special committee of the House of Representatives or the State House uh, any credibility investigating him. Remember that? So he stonewalled that one. So here, Lori Lightfoot, she, she's going to have this judge do the investigation. Well, what about showing up at a city council meeting and telling her what you know? No, no, no. She didn't want to do that. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. Don't want to give them any credibility. It was just a week ago, as we pointed out, Alderman Byron Sixer Lopez stood up at a city council meeting where the mayor was asking the alderman to approve other uh, police settlements having to do with police brutality matters, police roughing up citizens. And he raised the issue of uh, Ann Jeanette Young and the raid on her home, which is just fresh in everybody's mind. And this is before that Lori Lightfoot had done the total conversion into really caring about it. This was still when she was sort of in the, uh, quote, since the matter is the subject of litigation and an open COPA investigation, I will have no further comment stage of her existence on this issue. And so she told him, you're out of order. No questions. (laughs) Now she's got a judge doing an investigation. So, yeah, this is her way of telling the city council that uh, I don't view you as a legitimate partner. Uh, in the administration of the city of Chicago, you are essentially uh, an adjunct to the mayor's office. And so I am not showing up to your investigation or your hearing or whatever. I'm not giving you any credibility. Could you imagine the feeding frenzy of the press if Lori Lightfoot showed up for the virtual, I presume it was virtual, uh, obviously, meeting and answered questions under oath? Just, well, I don't know if she would be under oath. I don't know if they would swear her in. Just imagine that would just keep it going. And there would be like Byron Sisho Lopez would be grilling her. I'm like, when did, what did she know? When did she know? And why did she say X on one day? And then Y on the next day? No, she don't. Come on. D, we would have all the, oh my goodness. We would have uh, all the uh, recordings of it. We'd be playing. Dave Gloatz would come on next the show next week. And he would go, Dennis, play Lori Lightfoot's explanation. And then we would riff on it. So, yeah, she doesn't want that. Just a private investigation where by her hand-picked investigator, which will produce a report that will say the mayor is wonderful. (laughs) By the way, David Glowatz sounds nothing like that. (laughs) And by the way, David Glowatz is, as we speak, preparing for a show that will happen a week uh, next week. Right? No, no, no. I'm all I've missed. Oh, my God, D. Time is drifting away from me because of the holidays. Uh, the first uh, Tuesday after the New Year's. So looking forward to that one, Dave Glowatz. All right. So we have some quotes from what went down at this meeting. Uh, first up, it's Alderwoman Maria Haddon. Been of what ward? Uh, come on. What did he first say? 849. Whatever that was, but that was correct. That was correct. <laughs> Maria Haddon said it seemed Anjanette Young's case had fallen through the cracks. Though the raid happened early last year, COPA didn't open an investigation until November when Young filed a civil suit against the city. We had a bit of back and forth here. Here's the quote from Haddon. Quote, why weren't we dealing with this sooner? The truth of the matter is that it's just all too common for Chicagoans in black and brown communities to have our rights violated, to have our homes invaded, and to be humiliated and treated as less than human. Roberts, 
from the COPA, said that the COPA wasn't even made aware of the incident until a reporter asked whether there was an open case regarding the wrong raid on Young's home, saying, quote, our staff reviewed our database and found out we did not have an open case. We found out kind of in a non-traditional manner, which then led Ben's alderman, Matt Martin of the 47th Ward, to respond with, quote, yeah, I think that's about as polite way as you can put it. Martin said the lack of notice from the city's law and police departments was, quote, incredibly problematic. Uh, ben, your thoughts here? Well, clearly, and by the way, I just have to give a shout out to PC, Peter Cunningham, uh, who always comes in the show as the centrist, the representative, sort of the, the ROM wing of the Democratic Party. But I think hanging around Dennis uh, has turned him into a lefty. Hanging around me has turned him into a lefty. He wrote a um, uh, a column in today's bright one that was really hard uh, on the Chicago Police Department, and he it sounded like something that would run in the reader, but it ran uh, in the Sun Times. Uh, but um, anyway, shout shout out to PC. But yeah, obviously, you know, there's nobody really watching. There's no one policing the police, if you will. Uh, to take the next step. And, and it's just, there's just this whole history uh, in Chicago. It's, and this is really going to be very, a challenge for the city of Chicago to address. The whole relationship between police and the black community, this goes back to the early part of the last century, even before I was born. That's how long ago it is. This whole negative relation, hostile relationship between the police and the black community, and just the relative indifference that the city has toward cases of police abuse against black people until they're forced, kicking and screaming because of a lawsuit. You know, the person who got uh, beat up or mistreated or killed his family, in which case, hires a lawyer, and the hire, the lawyer sues the city and demands records be turned over, and there's a battle in court, and a judge rules on behalf of the lawyer, and records get released. And that's essentially how it's been happening in Chicago forever. And so they set up a system that was supposed to uh, oversee it all, and obviously, D, it's not doing a very good job. I mean, right now, the mayor's best defense is, she, is that she was absolutely clueless about what her administration was doing. That's her best defense. I didn't know. Other people were acting on their own without uh, telling me what they were doing. So if that's your best defense, it's kind of a weak defense. So, yeah, I... Um, this is an old story in Chicago, D. The city only does the right thing if they're forced to kicking and screaming. And then comes hands down the coolest alder person of the bunch, 20th Ward Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor. My God, she's a breath of fresh air and much needed in this city council. WBEZ goes on to write, Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor was more brash in her assessment, calling the investigative agency, quote, professional time wasters. <laughs> JT. <laughs> when no one could answer who gets fired for not knowing that the offender CPD was looking for during the Young raid lived a couple doors down from Young's home uh, with an electronic tracking band on his leg. Once again, calling, calling them a professional 
time wasters. uh, Taylor shouted in the virtual hearing, quote, so why are we even on this call? Because you all haven't been able to answer anything that we're actually asking. (laughs) And then when Taylor asked why the cops involved in raiding the wrong house weren't immediately suspended, it was Chicago top cop superintendent David Brown's time to shine. Now, Brown has been the superintendent for not even a year, but in his response, David Brown is showing us that he is definitely starting to get the hang of how to handle (laughs) tough questions in the city of Chicago. He's learning. He's learning. Uh, Brown quit back at Jeanette Taylor by throwing the guy who had the job before him immediately under the bus. (laughs) Brown's response, quote, you will have to talk or you will have to ask Eddie Johnson. Uh, yeah. He's getting there. He's getting there. Hey, I'll tell you what, that David Brown is a fast learner. Oh, let's see. We could just blame everything on Eddie Johnson, EJ, Eddie Johnson. All right, all right. Mayor Lori Lightfoot blames everything on Eddie Johnson. It's looking right. more, it's, you're, you're giving more Chicago in quotes uh, every day there, Mr. Brown. Just throwing some profanity next time, and uh, you'll be right there. I don't know, like, you'll have to ask Eddie Johnson about that shit. You know, it's funny. I, I don't know. I, I've lost track of time, so. Uh, I can't remember when Eddie Johnson left, but I would gather, I would venture, let's see, February, 2019 was when the raid happened. So I would have to do a, create a timeline. I think it was October of 2019 when the video came out. Right. And then like towards the, there towards the end of the year, 2019. What, uh, which video? Which video? No, uh, no, uh, Eddie Johnson. Oh, okay. Yes. So you're right. That video. How can I forget? Yeah. I get my videos mixed up. But yeah. The Eddie Johnson video. So Eddie's been gone pretty much all of 2020, you know? So I don't know, David Brown, <laughs> this lawsuit's been proceeding in your this year, but you notice he throws Eddie Johnson under the bus. He doesn't throw <laughs> mayor Lightfoot under the bus. That's a fast learner. Let's see. I could throw under the bus my boss, or I could throw under the bus my predecessor, who who knows where he is and nobody cares about him. You know, may have been born at night, but it wasn't last night. Oh, it's Eddie Johnson's fault. Eddie Johnson. (laughs) Any answer, any question asked, answer Eddie Johnson. Brown said the Chicago Police Department conducts about 1,500 searches in a given year, adding that there aren't enough resources to review the camera footage for each one. Instead, he said police body camera footage is reviewed in a randomized way. So, Yeah. All I know is somebody filed a lawsuit about it, and they I'll tell you what, for people who didn't review the, the footage, they sure knew enough to fight to keep it, the public from reviewing it. Isn't that funny, D? They didn't have time to review it because there's so much footage to review, but they knew enough to keep the public from seeing it. Come on, David Brown. (laughs) Just blame it on Eddie Johnson. Uh, It's Eddie Johnson's fault. Um, As I recall, Eddie Johnson looked at the footage and said, oops, don't show this to anyone. Just blame it on EJ. He's not around to defend himself. Just blame. Can you blame it on Mayor Rahm? There's got to be some way they can blame Mayor Rahman. You know what I'm saying? Some way. He just starts doing that every time now in the future. Eddie, uh, David Brown, anything you'd like to say about uh, what went down here? Uh, hey, you guys remember that Eddie Johnson tape? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, man. Eddie, Jay's quick learner, David Brown. Got to give him credit. 
But those were the details of what happened at that emergency meeting. Uh, ben, quick question. Approximately how much of a waste of time was that meeting? <laughs> Whole thing. Whole thing. And, you know, uh, Lori Lightfoot didn't show up. She sent her aides. They all, I don't know. Oh, so let's see if they're, let's see if their memory clears up when uh, Judge Williams asks the questions. You know, Lori's, uh, Lori Lightfoot's uh, investigator. <laughs> I see. Lori Lightfoot was too busy uh, to cooperate with the city council investigation. But don't fear, Chicago. She hired her own investigator. Let's hope she finds the time, you know, to sit down with her own investigator. Uh, Are they going to throw David Brown out? Uh, you go talk to the investigator. Oh, okay. Well, it's Eddie Johnson's fault. <laughs> And, oh it, and in her defense, I heard for Christmas, she did get the DVD series of her favorite show. When I was a kid, I loved the Batman TV show. So, you know. Yeah, you think Batman would put up with this? You think Batman would just roll over? Would Batman blame it on Superman? Okay. Or some other, you know, Flash? No. Batman would take responsibility if something bad was happening in the Batcave. So there it was. What will happen next week? Well, I guess we're going to have to wait and find out. It's a mayor and her alderman. A mayor and her alderman. I don't want an answer. It's not something you ignore. <laughs> I think your honor for that full of shit is what I think. If you think oh, we want offense, fuck you then. Oh, you you I'm right. full of shit. Happy holidays. <laughs> <laughs> you know... Don't you wish Lori Lightfoot had shown up just to have that exchange with Raylo just out in the public for everyone? Come on, entertain the people. By the way, do you, do you have any more updates on this story? Because I got one I want to share. No, that's do you it. Have any that's it. All right, hold on. Let me get my tribute on. And one more time, Gregory Pratt, you have been killing it on this story. Uh, and you had some help as well. I'll give a shout out to John Byrne and Jason Meissner of the Tribune who helped Gregory Pratt out in this particular story. Uh, botch raids, ripples spread. So they talk about how, you know, uh, uh, Lori Lightfoot picked uh, uh, Judge Williams to do an investigation. She selected her investigator. Meanwhile, guess who's... Okay, the police raid the house and harass a poor, innocent woman. The mayor knows nothing about it. I see nothing. I hear nothing. I know nothing. The guy in the biggest hot water is who? The lawyer. For Anjanette Young. This is unbelievable. Only in Chicago, ladies and gentlemen. What a city we live in. So follow me on this. The lawyer for Anjanette Young, uh, Keenan Salter is his name, was the gentleman who turned the videotape over to CBS. Now, let me just remind you, we wouldn't know anything about this if Dave Savini and the CBS reporting crew hadn't aired the video. And they wouldn't have aired the video if Keenan Salter, the lawyer, hadn't turned it over to him. Well, apparently, the city uh, had only agreed to turn, had agreed to turn over, I should say, the video uh, to Keenan Salter and Anjanette Young for their lawsuit if it was a Keenan Salter would not reveal it to anyone else. There was a confidentiality agreement. Classic confidentiality agreement. The city made him, how about this for openness? The city made him agreed not to release the tape, and he did release it. He violated it, and now he's in hot water with the judge. It's federal judge, city, went, city asked for sanctions. 
against him, have him punished. And then when uh, the story blew up, Lori Lightfoot said, oh, I don't want him punished anymore. And the judge is like, no, that's not good enough. He violated the confidentiality agreement. So he got Salter, the lawyer, in court for nearly an hour-long hearing, I'm reading from the Tribune, apologizing repeatedly for his decision, saying he made a significant mistake and could have handled it differently. How could he have handled it differently? How would we have known the truth if he hadn't released it? This is like whistleblower harassment. Remember when Lori Lightfoot was uh, grilling? One of her finest moments, I don't know if you remember this, D, Mayor Pete, about conf- uh, disclosure states, non-disclosure agreements that Mayor Pete's McKinsey firm used to make with its employees. Like people want to know, who did you represent Mayor Pete when you were working for McKinsey? He goes, well, there's these uh, non-disclosure agreements I signed. And, and Lori Lightfoot, when she was grilling him, said those things are worthless. Why do you even sign them? Yeah, different attitude when it comes to releasing this uh, police video. So Salter's in court, he's getting heat from this judge. Suddenly the judge is the hang them high judge. This is what uh, the judge said. I'm still somewhat at a loss as to understand how an experienced lawyer like Mr. Salter could, upon review of this order, conclude that it was appropriate or proper to disclose the video recordings to a news agency or any other third party. If the answer is we were confused and thought we were entitled to it under state law, that doesn't do a whole lot to alleviate my concerns. You know, maybe the answer is the honest answer is, you know what? I didn't think there would be any justice done in this case. Unless I released it. So I guess I have to be face the be accountable. They got to throw him in jail. Got to take away his law license because he told the truth. He revealed the truth. The only guy getting punished right now is the guy who's responsible for knowing about the story. That and Eddie Johnson. <laughs> you know what? Kenny Salter should have told the judge, Your Honor. Eddie Johnson made me release that tape. It's Eddie Johnson's fault. What a city, D. What a city. The good guy in the story is the one who's in trouble. Welcome to Chicago, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, get your bets in now, everybody. When will the email exchange drop of what went down? Right, Ben? Yeah, Mick Dumpkin and I were talking about that. Yeah, um, Mayor Lori Lightfoot says they're going right through that email right now. Because they want everyone to know absolutely every detail. <laughs> My guess is, well, it could drop tomorrow night. Isn't tomorrow night uh, Christmas Eve, D? Yep, tomorrow hey. night's Christmas Eve. Hey, Greg Pratt over at the Tribune. Yeah, you think you're such a hot shot with your investigative reporting? Well, investigate this, my friend, on Christmas Eve. <laughs> And then, you know, Pratt ferociously going through all these emails, writes this great story that drops on Christmas Day, and nobody is paying any attention. Lori Lightfoot goes, yeah, she learned that one from Rom, too. But I don't know, T. I told Mick Dumpke yesterday in an interview, I go, you know what? I'm going to give her credit. I think she's going to wait till after the New Year's because oh. it's the right way to do it. And she's, you know, she doesn't want to disrupt Greg Pratt's Thanksgiving or, excuse me, Christmas dinner or Christmas Eve dinner or Christmas Day with his family. Doesn't want to make things difficult for the reporters of Chicago. And she wants the public to really be paying attention because it's really important that everybody know all the details. So she's not going to drop it on a holiday. How about that, D? I'm I'm looking on the bright side. I'm not going to be cynical and jaded wow. and typical Chicago reporter. Okay. Wow. The show will yeah. never be the same. <laughs> she's going to drop it on like January 6th. 
Christmas will be gone. The New Year's will be gone. Greg Pratt and all the other journalists in Chicago will have had a wonderful time with their families. Now you guys free, the public's really paying attention. All eyes will be on this drop of emails. Now she'll release them. That's what she's going to do, D. Yep. Take that to the bank, young Dennis. All right. Glass half full over at the Jarofsky household. I'm saying that the uh, email exchange, like I said yesterday, gets released New Year's Eve, like 10 minutes before the new year, while everybody's all pumped up and excited, not thinking about it at all, you know? Bam. Get to work, Pratt. <laughs> That's, that'll be the New Year's Eve drop. The next thing you know, you're just flooded with all these best of 2020 or worst of 2020 stories all over the paper, and then right there at the bottom, the email exchange. Yeah, that would, uh, yeah. yeah, well, you yeah. know. That's how the game is usually played in Chicago. We'll see if uh, Lori Lightfoot changes the script. All right. Well, I guess the mayor still has more mess to clean up. (laughs) And we'll keep you posted on that all throughout the new year. Uh, Let's go to the live stream chat real quick. Jim weighed in. Uh, And Jim, I agree. Uh, The Lightfoot and Raylo clip is probably the clip of the year. I want an answer. It's not something you ignore. (laughs) I think you're 100% full of shit is what I say. If you think we <laughs> no, offense, fuck you then. Never gets old. Oh, never gets old. Sometimes I just find myself like at late at night when I'm walking. I just start doing it. I want an answer. It's not something you ignore. <laughs> I think you're a hundred percent full of shit. That's what I think. What? All right. And also Jay Marie on the live stream chat. Jay Marie, we love you. Have a happy holiday. Uh, she mentioned uh, David Brown and says, uh, yeah, this guy's going to get thrown under the bus soon enough. Oh, yeah. I mean, you saw what happened to Flessner, the lawyer. You know, I mean, they, here's the issue. Did Flessner know about it and not mention it to Lori Lightfoot? Judge Ann Williams, that's a good question to ask. <laughs> that's a good question to ask. Now, see, I don't know if uh, Judge Ann Williams has any, like, subpoena authority. So I don't know if she could um, require Flessner to participate. You know what I'm saying? To answer her questions. I don't know if she has any subpoena authority. But, yeah. Yeah, David uh, David Brown will probably get the Flessner treatment, not, uh, eh, what do you think, 2021 day? Uh, yeah, when's the next mayoral election? 2023. So, yeah, he'll probably get the Fleshner treatment, the Eddie Johnson treatment. You're gone! The Gary Big Mac McCarthy treatment. Mayor, Mayor Rahm blamed uh, the Hamlet, the Laquan McDonald video uh, burial on uh, Big Mac. Remember that, D? Oh, Big yeah. Never oh, yeah. I think it's all in uh, what's in these emails, right? Or what's not in these emails, I guess. That's the problem. You can't be 100% sure that the emails that uh, any entity of government turns over uh, are the full and complete emails, and there's redactions on top of that. In fact, the Chicago Tribune had to go to court. I think it was the Tribune. Uh, had to go to court to find out what was redacted uh, in the emails about Lori Lightfoot's bet. Remember that one? I don't know if we talked about that. Didn't make the top 10 list. Bet gate. Uh, that's the one where Lori Lightfoot and one of the negotiators uh, for uh, the Chicago Public Schools made a bet as to whether there would be a strike or how long the strike would be, the teacher strike would be. Uh, and it showed what? 
a certain kind of dark humor about the whole thing. Like they weren't really taking it seriously and they were trying to, the city was trying to keep the tribune from uh, seeing that email exchange. And finally uh, the tribune won, I forget what level of court they won and lo and behold, look what we've discovered. So um, yeah, there'll be redactions and then probably emails that don't get included, you know, like, the great Ricky Hendon always says there's the meeting and then there's the meeting before the meeting. And then there's the meeting before the meeting meeting. Well, there's the emails and then there's the emails that <laughs> somehow or other don't get in the mix. Nobody, nobody really knows, you know, all you right. Know I got about 60 emails talking about luncheons. Where's the stuff I'm looking for? here? <laughs> yeah, you know, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I overlooked that. It was Eddie Johnson's fault. Eddie Johnson. And yes, finally, we'll talk uh, Kyle's ch- uh, comment on the live stream chat. Uh, Kyle has an idea here. He says, uh, Ben Jaromsky uh, should write Greg Pratt a holiday card. Yes. Well, we're uh, negotiating uh, with M- Mr. Pratt's uh, representatives to have him on the show. Uh, well, in, I think uh, a holiday card would win him over. And uh, Kyle has a suggestion for uh, what could be included. In the holiday card, very heartfelt here. Thank you, Kyle, for weighing in here. He says, uh, it'll just be a picture of Lori Lightfoot giving the middle finger, <laughs> stating, investigate this. Happy holidays, jerk. <laughs> we should save that for when Greg Pratt comes on. Uh, he's, uh, he's, by the way, the president. Uh, he was just recently elected president of the Tribune's uh, union, the, the Guild. Uh, so, uh, congratulations, uh, to Gregory Pratt. It's been a busy time for him. So yes, I will probably have him on the show, uh, sometime, uh, mid January. So we'll be talking about, uh, all kinds of things, but let's keep that in line and see if, uh, he <laughs> what he has to say about that, uh, that image of mayor Lori Lightfoot. All right. And once again, uh, Kyle, happy holidays. Hope everything is good for you, bud. Uh, and, hey, that's our local news, but you should join us after uh, today's show at about 5 o'clock. Our Ben Jarofsky Show Top 10 Local Story Countdown begins. And because, well, the year just sucked ass, it is the 10 Gates of Illinois Hell. The 10 Gates oh my God. of Illinois Hell. Illinois <laughs> <laughs> Oh my, it's going to be happening about 5 p.m. We're going to live stream it, and it will be available for download at chicagoreader.com and wherever else you download your favorite podcasts. Uh, Dennis, I just want to say uh, one last thing before we take a break and bring Monroe on to talk national politics, Trump, 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 and more Trump. Uh, The back page of my beloved bright one says it all for me. Uh, It's, of course, the start of the bull season. And there's a picture of the new Bulls coach, uh, Billy Donovan. Uh, and it says, Bill, Billy's Bulls, full page photo. And I'm showing everybody. But, of course, nobody can see it because I don't have a camera in my uh, monitor. Going to get one, though. And actually, nobody can see it anyway because, wait, time out, D. Aren't we going to be, uh, isn't that one of our New Year's resolutions that come 2021 in the year 2020-21? Uh, we're going to start um doing a video of the show isn't that something we discussed in one of our pre-show yeah absolutely absolutely but first step we got to get you that monitor yeah first step the monitor second step fix the camera (laughs) 
Our camera's broken. And I tell oh my God. And I tell you what, let's let's uh, put that uh, Billy Donovan story on hold because we do have more Pritzker news to talk as well. Uh, we'll do it for the back half. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We got something from Miles Conflassen that he has to play, so we'll do that in the back half. Absolutely. And in the meantime, uh, while we wait for Monroe Anderson, remember you can send us an email always bennyjshow at gmail.com, B E N N Y, the letter J show at gmail.com. You can find us on social media at bennyjshow, uh, and you can call us as well, 708 658 4788. That number again is 708-658-4788. Leave us a voicemail. Give us some Bulls trivia. You want something? I don't know. Uh, Speaking of the Bulls, Joan, our good friend Joan weighed in on email. She sent us an email. You can do the same. BennyJShow at gmail.com. She gave her prediction for the Bulls season. She says, uh, Stacey King says at least 40 wins for the Bulls. I think that's a little too optimistic. She says it'll be 35 wins for the Chicago Bulls this year. All right, John, I'm writing it down. We're doing, um, taking, I've got a lot of different people weighing in on this. So I'm writing it down. We haven't figured out what the winner gets, uh, if anything, other than a hearty handshake. Uh, but uh, 35 well, it's ways. Pandemic, we're not shaking anyone's hands. All right, an elbow tap. How about that? There we go. We'll there figure we go. something out. Our uh, crack team of producers, uh, assistants to Dennis, will figure something out. 